turn with me into Luke chapter 6, verses 30, um, 37 and 38. 6, 37 and 38. We're going to drop the house lights down. We're talking about seeds still. And I, and I uh, titled this message, Faith in His Power. Um, and it's relative to what you guys and your family's going through. So if your family didn't make it here today, text them real quick and tell them to get on live stream. You don't want them to miss one iota of this message. So we're going to roll the video. It's about two minutes long. Uh, I'll be back up here and we'll talk about Luke 6, 37 and 38. John Deere, the grass attachment was on the front of the green drill. I personally think I've had better um, seedings with the old John Deere than this one. And I'm thinking maybe that's part of it. But if you think new technology, it should be better this way. Well, the other one was way cuter. I love that. I still want to make it into a planter. So this is where the oats go in. This is the oats. Amen. Um, so why is that relative to what we're talking about today? Let me read these two verses, 37 and 38, and we'll just kind of break this down. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Um, it's kind of a, if you see the, the uh, if you see the rhythm here when, when, when God's given this message, is, is when you do something, he will do something. If you ain't going to do anything, he ain't going to do anything. If you're waiting for God to do something in your life, he's already done something. He already sent his son, Jesus. So quit, so quit waiting around. Everybody's waiting for Jesus to do this and deliver us and fix us and all this. Um, I, I'll have to preach a little louder because I don't hear you. Um, <laughs> forgiven, you will be forgiven. I, I was thinking in my office, I was praying. And when we have unforgiveness in our heart, it's like you constantly drinking poison, hoping someone else would die. We just keep drinking and hoping that person's going to die or whatever, and who's getting sick on it's you. You're, you're handcuffed. You're locked up. God can't give you anything else when you're, when you're locked up in this deal, and you're mad at everybody. I get it, and, it, and you probably should be. 
But God should be mad at you too. But he's not because of his son, Jesus. And then we break this down. It says, given it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap with the measure you use. Say that with me. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That, uh, Ryan, that stuff that's in the sack is called seed. Say that with me, seed. It's a seed. I don't know what it is that God's given you. He's given everybody something a little different. Some are teachers. Some are preachers. Some are decorating people. Some people working at children's ministry. Some people mop floors. Some people teach boxing. Some people volunteer. Everybody's got something that God has given you. And you can walk around with it, that big sack. It's expensive. That seed's really expensive right now. You can walk around with it all day and go, man, I'm, I'm really good. Senior, we're going to put this in the ground one day. Well, you can hope in one hand and wish in another and see what fills up first. That's a PG version. <laughs> oh, oh you, I'm from North County. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and don't think I ain't either because I'm fixing to show you. You can carry the sack around all that. Oh, we're going to have a big crop. We're going to have a big Mickey. We're going to have a big crop. But if you don't put it in the ground, you ain't going to have diddly do. And I don't know if that's a word, but you can take it to seminary. I'll guarantee it. So Tyler, get some seed in the ground and watch God do something with what he's given you. J.D., I think everybody's got some kind of talent. Uh, and like that man there, I've been following him for a long time. He just decided to do everything by, by horses, and I take a fancy to that. I think that's cool. And that's the way he raised his family, and when he needs help, mom helps him with the team. And, and when he needs more help, he goes and gets his daughter. She's a school teacher, but she comes over and runs a team farm. She makes the family, what I'm trying to say here today, Jessica, is the family makes sure they get seed in the ground. And, and quit making excuses why you don't get it done. Remember, you'll, you'll find a way to do it, Miss Chittenden, or you'll find an excuse for it. And excuses are like armpits. Everybody's got two. Let's pray on that note. Uh, and I don't know, Joyce, what kind of seed you guys are sowing today. Obviously, when we get ready to pick up the, the tithe, there's a financial seed. There's a, there's a, there's a, a seed of uh, whatever it is that God's given you. So let's pray over that too before we get into the message. Lord, the seed that you've given this man and this lady and these people and this grandma and the people that are online, you've given us all some, some type of talent. We want to put it in the ground and, and make it fruitful uh, for your kingdom. And uh, Lord God, I am so glad today that we got so many great volunteers in this church. And, uh, and, Lord God, I want to I wanna tell them thank you with this dinner we're going to have for them today at 1.30. Uh, and that's going to be our seed back into your kingdom. Uh, also today, Father God, I pray that you bless this financial seed, that we use it uh, for your kingdom um, in a manner that's pleasing to you. So bless the families that are here today. In thy name of Jesus, amen. So let's applaud the Lord as the offering's picked up. Matthew chapter 14, I've been kind of, I've just been really kind of talking it up all week long, um, and it's, it's such a great message, and we're headed into Holy Week, and so I titled this one, Faith in His Power. Say that with me, Faith in His Power. Faith 
Say it all together. One, two, three. Faith in his power. The only one that's uh, uh, in step with me is the people that are at home. So thank you. Um, faith in his power. So faith, if you want to know more about faith or your faith is a little weak or the tank's low, go to Hebrews 11. It'll help you. Uh, it'll get things charged back up. That's the, that's the, the hall of faith uh, scripture that, that might help you. But So there's three points in here. So if any of you are seminary students, they were trying to teach me this when I was coming up, since I've been preaching. They said, Pastor, you're going to need a five-point sermon. I've never been to seminary, uh, Pastor Jay, so I have to ask you about this. Um, A five-point sermon. Make sure you have five points in this sermon. I never got five, but today I have three. So I'm only two shy, and I'll, I'll I'll get a doctrine's degree and preach it. So I have three points here, and I titled, uh, I titled the first point here, 5 plus 2 equals 5,000. And that's a message that's in here in Matthew 14, 19. And the other one I call it uh, Eyes Up, and that's in 1431, so mark that down. And then in 1436, uh, I titled Just Get to Him. Just Get to Him. So let's read these three points. We'll put it all in the pot, we'll stir it up, and we'll break down what God's saying to us here today. And if you are going through something, you, you're sick, you're mentally tired, your family's not feeling well, we're going to continue to put our faith in God's hands and watch Him do something extraordinary with it today. Amen? I don't care where you're at or what was said over your life, we're going to rebuke it uh, starting today, and we're going to move on. Amen? All right, let's just read this, and we're kind of, we're, I'm cherry-picking just a little bit. Uh, But we'll put it all back in context here. 1419, here it goes. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples. And the the disciples gave them to the crowds. So we're just going to make that kind of short and sweet. Then we'll come back, Mr. Cope, and we'll visit that. Uh, But what we know here, the message is whatever you have, Terry, if you put it in the hands of God, he can multiply it for him and his good. And, and, and I'll just, since the offering's already picked up, so I'm not hawking the church for money, just think about it this way. Think about it this way. Jim, one dollar in my hand will always only be one dollar. But if I sow it into the kingdom of God, it can become something really, really great. Just one dollar or one penny, and you'll get to see that in heaven. you go, hey, man, how did you get here? Well, I went to have Bible, and I got saved this and that through the children's ministry. We thought, like when we first got in church, me and my wife thought, uh, we didn't know anything about church, you know, because we weren't church people. So we'd go to this one church, and we were, and there was like, you know, they had children's ministry in it, and my wife's like, you know, wow, this is really awesome. And then she went on a, a mother-daughter retreat, um, uh, with Rocky before she died. And, uh, and they said, hey, listen, if you don't have money to go on the mother-daughter retreat, we'll pay for it. And, uh, and, and there were, she was like, you know, we always, we, I always had money for other things. I'll preach over here. Are you hearing me? But we never had money for the things that really mattered. And then we learned a lesson, Mrs. Chittenden, when, when we was back in children's ministry, that my wife could go to this wonderful camp with my daughter before she passed away. And that's money that someone else sowed in God's kingdom before we even got there. 
So hold on. for And, and, and obviously, I'm not hawking the church for money because that, that part's done in the service. But wouldn't that be cool if you were, whatever it is, and maybe it's not fine, maybe it's today, volunteering somewhere, and people, maybe not like today, but like maybe two weeks or two years or something, they'd come in and go, you know what, man, thank God we got a place where we can raise our kids and we can do that kind of stuff, amen? So that's what it is. If you'll take what you have and put it in the nail-scarred hand of the man from Galilee, you can see that it'll be just something supernatural, Amen. Uh, and if we're looking for something supernatural in our lives, we have to go to a supernatural Savior. His name is Jesus. Uh, and I just believe that, don't you? I, I really believe that with all my heart today. Let's go to uh, 1431, and we'll put all these messages back together. I'm just, these are just three powerful points. And I'll be real honest with you. Uh, did you guys ever have an argument with God, or is it just me? <laughs> no, just like, you know what, God, I'll tell you, I'm not preaching out of 14. And I had, I was right, and I was, you know, the whole deal, man. I'm like, I'm going, no, Matthew 18, God, don't you understand where I'm at? He's like, I understand where you're at. You're still stuck on stupid. You need to be back. <laughs> and that's the way he's got to speak to me, man. I'm a dude, and I need it. Di- Say it with me, class. I need it direct. direct. And my wife would confirm that. I need a direct, don't, don't beat around the bush. So anyways, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. It makes me feel better. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And remember, this is the story uh, of Peter. And he's, you know, he's got all this stuff going on. He's walking on the water with Jesus. Everything's good. And, you know, and all of a sudden he starts looking at all the stuff in the world or the, the things that are going on in the world, the lightning and the wind and all that, and he ends up being sinking and all that. So we'll get back to that story, 1431. Uh, I'm sorry, 1436. And he implored them that they might only touch the fringe of his garment, and uh, as many as touched it were made well. Or, or if you're reading King James, it would see made whole. Made whole. So this is about faith in his power. Say it one more time and we'll dive in. Faith in his power. So here we go. 14.1. We're going to put it all in context. At the time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod has seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias. Listen to this one. His, his, brother's, his brother Philip's wife. This sounds like a country song going into it, doesn't it? You go, we know where this is headed. Even in the Bible, they had these issues too. In-laws, outlaws, and ex-laws. Because John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So this is a preacher telling people about how God wants them to live. It's kind of like today. People don't want to hear preachers tell them how to live. And you might say amen, but it's not the preacher that's telling you. It's not the preacher's telling you how to live. It's God telling you how to live. The preacher's just preaching the message. That, that's, we're just reading what's in the book, guys. I'll keep going. Uh, and though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company, and it pleased Herod. 
I've always wondered what kind of dance that actually was. Some we have our we have our thoughts about this here, but and and again, uh, John was telling him, "Say, hey man, that's your that's your brother's wife. You don't need to be with her." Uh, well, let's see how this works out. Prompted by her mother, she said, "You can turn me down, Jed." Uh, prompted by her mother, she said, "Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter." Or, or if you're reading King James, JD said, "Give me the head of." John the Baptist on a charger. Well, here's what happens. Uh, we, when we don't like what somebody says, first thing we want to do is just kill them, get rid of them. We don't, we, don't like, we don't like anybody telling us how to live. We want to live however we want to live. And if somebody speaks up, what they want to do is they want to rub them out. And so he belongs to this certain party, this political party here, and he already made an oath. Let's see if he can back out of it or not. And the king was so sorry, I'm in verse uh, 9 if you're following along. The king was so sorry, but because his oath and his guests, he commanded it to be given to him. So he already made a pact with his party. And he said, man, I'm in all the way. So what he's telling you here, Herod would be rather more committed to his party than he is God. Are you still okay? And it doesn't matter. I'm talking either side. They're all drinking out of the same trough. They want, they want to be party line all the way into hell. Well, that's your decision. But you know how God wants you to do it. Well, I'll tell you, this is the quietest service I've done. I'll guarantee it. Well, what does he do? Let's see if he backs off and says he's sorry to God and repents of it. The party pushes this issue, man. See, I found this out. If this... Here, let's, I'll just read what's in there. I don't need to add more. He sent and had John beheaded in prison. And, 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 and I, believe it was a, I believe that there was just a lot of pressure, Chuck, a lot of backslapping going, oh, we're at a big party, man. Woo! You said you was going to behead John the Baptist. And he actually probably liked John the Baptist, but he didn't want to disappoint the rest of the people that were at the banquet. Yeah. We're just going to go ahead. Here's the deal. Scott, we don't like him. We're just, we're just going to cut his head off anyways. And you said you were going to do it. Here's the deal, man. God's not okay with this type of behavior. It's not what does your party say. It's what does God say. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. And she brought it to her mother. And the disciples came and took the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from the boat to a desolate place by himself. And when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And they went ashore, and he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them, and he healed the sick. Now when it reached evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Yeah, Camp meeting's over. Everybody get out of here. Hey, we're gonna have a uh, uh, we're gonna have a volunteer appreciation lunch. You guys bring the food. <laughs> we still okay? So I'm not showing people I appreciate them if I'm asking you to bring the food. All I'm asking you to do is show up. So there, there's a problem here right now. The disciples, and this is what the disciples have been told: We don't have enough food. There's no way we can feed all these people. 
And then we find out as the story goes on, these people put this, put this food in the hand. It's only, what is it, five loaves and two fish? You put it in the hands of, of Jesus and he multiplies this. Here's what he says. So the disciples don't know. They're just going by what they see in the natural, just kind of like we are. And we're, you know, they, they like to feed us bull and keep us in the dark. But Jesus, I'm in 16 if you're following still. But Jesus said, they do not need to know away. Give them something to eat. What did they say to him? We only have five loaves and two fish. <laughs> you want some cheese with that wine? We'll bring the wambulance for you. See, here's the deal. This is the way people act in the natural. They don't know what to do. But if you give this stuff to God, you'll see him do something supernatural. So I got to tell you this. This is a story, and I know you're going to want to hear it, so I'll go ahead and tell you anyways. So I'm going out to Warrington, and it's a story relative to this. And uh, I like the music thumping and the windows vibrating. I'm ready to go preach, man. I'm ready to rock out. Anybody else rockers like they're uh, car singers? Like, oh, yeah, I'm the best car singer in the world. Oh, yeah, classic rock, buddy. Man, I'll flex on it. And my wife's like, you know what? I'm trying to listen to this podcast. I go, podcasts are stupid. In the name of Jesus. Stay with me. because I know you guys don't have that attitude, but I do. Because I want what I want when I want it. And if I'm denied... It's just, it's just a bad day. So I shut off my music. It's thumping, and we're rocking. And it's this lady who's on this podcast. And she, uh, she, she'd been sick in her stomach for, for a long time. I think it was like 20 years. So, so let's just call it 20 years. And she had a bunch of nerves that were severed and crimped in her stomach because she was in a labor for 91 hours. Stay with me now. Stay with me. And we'll bring the house lights down just to fuzz, Angie, just to, just to kind of thing. And, and, I, and I don't know who I'm talking to, and it may be you, maybe it's not, maybe it's your friend, or maybe it's somebody online. Would you just start praying for somebody? Because this was her lot for her life. And she couldn't, she couldn't stand, and she couldn't sit, and she couldn't hardly even speak anymore. After a while, Elizabeth, it, it started getting into her mind because she went to the physician's and the physician said, well, you have X, Y, Z, and you're always going to be like this. So what we're going to do is just give you a lifetime prescription of this medicine, and we'll just keep you numb. Is it, is it familiar with what's going on in society today? I'm just kind of looking as I drive down the, dive, driving down the highway, and I believe in doctors, and I believe in medicine, but I never thought that pharmaceutical companies would get so big. They're, they're giant, massive-sized buildings now. So I guess we're creating all kinds of medicine and hope that we can numb people enough to where all the pain would just go away. So anyway, so she goes on. She says, I, I, went to, I, was a, I was a Christian, so I believed that God could heal me, but I just didn't know why he didn't heal me. And it come to find out, she went to this camp meeting, and this guy met her, and he grabbed her by the face. And he said, you've been saying the lies the enemy has told you to say. And her confession after that was, I know that God loves me and I know God that can heal me. And immediately she was healed from that point on and was never on medicine again after 20 years because of the glory of God. 
So I, I, what was happening is, is she believed in one thing. She was trying to put her faith in his power, but she wasn't saying that. Her words weren't matching up what she believed in her heart. So your confession is off of your tongue, that if you confess with your tongue, amen. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and he said a blessing and then he broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the crowds and they ate and they were satisfied. And they took up the 12 baskets of the broken pieces left over and those who were uh, were eight were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. So it could have been as many as 15,000, 20,000 just because they finally put it in the hands of the man who can do something supernatural with your life. Faith in his power. Wow, man, that's, that's, that's like pretty crazy. I mean, you just think about it and, and everybody that's watching on live stream and all your family members and everybody that's going through all this uh, horrific stuff, you need to know that God still heals today. Amen. And before, and before we get into the next mini sermon, I wanted to tell you about something that was going on, and I know this family won't mind me using them as an example here because they've been friends of mine forever. It was Jesse Short. Jesse Short was one of them that came to the altar yesterday, and he just had brain surgery. He's going through this brain surgery. He's a young man, and I remember the day he was born, and and I thought about him when he walked the aisle, Don. I thought he just got out of brain surgery, you, you guys know, like a week or so ago. And he's, whatever, he's 30 years old or whatever. And I remember when he walked the aisle uh, last night, I asked him to come forward. And his, and his sissy was with him, and his mom was with him, and his kids were with him. And, and I thought about that. I said, God, I know that you didn't create that young man to be, to be sick and, and have brain issues. I know you didn't birth him for that. And, and I believe that, and I, and I know his dad believes it, and I know his mom believes it, his mom was there. And I know his sister believes it, and I know the rest of the family, and his children believe it, because they was all there. They was there with him at the altar. Amen. And you believe that. But you need to start believing that for yourself as well. This isn't my lot for my life. It can get better from here if I place this back into the hands of the creator who created me. Amen. Am I making sense yet? Yes. That's, that's not how he wants you to be. I don't believe that. That shouldn't be your confession. So it takes me to the last story here. And this one's a powerful one. Um, well, I'm sorry, I got two more. So, so this other one here in verse 31, it says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him and saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then he got into the boat and the wind ceased and, and, and all this. So we know, we know that story. I want to get to the story here real quick. So here, here's, here's what it was. Peter had his eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of his faith, and, 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 and the one who's going to come back and make everything right one day. And he, he took his eyes off of Jesus just for a minute, and he seen all the things whirl, whirling around above him. It was the lightning, it was the wind, and, and the enemy was trying to make him fearful and all these things. And it, it reminded me of what's trying to go on in society today. It's from one thing to another. It's, it's, from, it's from this to that to this to that and this to that. And then all of a sudden I heard something uh, the other day. says, there might be a shortage of food. Look at me, church. We live in the United States of America. There is no shortage of food. I can guarantee that. Now, there might be somebody trying to control the food, but there's no shortage of it. What they're trying to do is get you fearful so that way you'll rely on the government to give you the food. Here's the deal. We don't need to rely on the government for anything other than to protect our borders. 
We're relying on God, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. There's plenty of food in the United States of America. I'll guarantee that. Am I preaching right now? Okay, so join me in, in standing for the last one then. And this, this could be... This could tie it all together. So remember, these are like three many messages, and I'm almost being uh, preaching at a kid here. And then we're going to put it in the pot and, and put our faith in his power. So let's read this last one. And then I'm in, I'm in 1434. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Genesaret. Uh, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick. And they implored to him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. They were made well. So, so what is the story about touching garments or, or baptizing people and getting the water on them or getting the oil on them or letting them touch the fringe? Is there some power in that? If that was the case, we would just get prayer shawls and give them to everybody. We'd pray over me and you touch the garment. Sometimes we want to, we want to, Terry, we want to touch something to, to make us feel better. It's like a blankie. It's like a blankie. We want to feel better. And, and, and everybody wants to tell you they're going to rescue you. And we're going, to, we're going to watch this, Debbie. We're going to take care of you. Now, I'll tell you what, it was so refreshing the other day. I was watching some, some videos. And, I, and I, we, me and my dad, he had it on the big screen at the bunkhouse. And it was, a, it was old short clips of Ronnie Reagan. And I thought of it, me and my dad were watching. I said, man, times weren't that confusing back then. It was, it was never like this. America was never like this before. These were people of faith, and they trusted in God. And they, and they believed, they believed the, the best about people, and they believed the best about America. And, and, and Jesus is still king. They implored him that he might just touch the French. Well, if the fringe could heal you, I wonder what would happen if we could if we could touch Jesus' heart or his hand. What a concept that we move Jesus' heart by our faith. It brings me to one of my favorite stories in the Bible. One of my favorites by far. I can just envision it. It's the woman with the issue of blood. Out of Luke chapter 8. I'll start in verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they all were waiting around him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was the ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had only a daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And as Jesus went, the people pressed around him, if you're reading King James, it would say he was in the press. A lot of people around, bumping into each other, and big crowd wherever Jesus was. Celebrity, if you will. Verse 43. And there was a woman. So this message is gender friendly. It's a, this could touch you if you are a man or a woman. There was a woman that reminded me of this podcast that I didn't want to listen to. 
See, a lot of times when we don't want to listen, that's probably when we should listen. And it's probably the devil that's trying to keep us from listening to what we should be listening to instead of what we shouldn't be listening to. I can't believe I, I can't believe I'm at church today. I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even know why I said, why, why did I come? To hear this. Amen. To hear this. You're here to hear this. You're just here to hear this. Just take it with you when you leave. And and do so. Terry, I remember when I was preaching, I said, you know, when, when things were going awry in the, in the country, I said, guys, we're about ankle deep with the flood. And then I've come back a couple weeks later, and I said, we're knee deep. We're here. We're over our heads now. And I mean that from, from every fiber of my being. There is absolutely, positively no way we're getting out of this deal without God. Without God, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to hurry up. We got NASCAR on. Hurry. We're busy. When I go long, people go like this. I'm going to be going long today, so go ahead and tap your watch. So watch this. Watch this. God's got you right where he wants you today. Let me read the rest of the story. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, sounds, sounds like the insurance companies now in healthcare in America. It's gone through the roof. This is the, this is the healthcare is the worse than I have ever seen it in my entire life. And I don't mean to be a doom and gloom guy. I'm just speaking the truth. I'm a prophet for God. It's no longer insurance. It's extortion. And then when you get in there, you got to pay again. You say, why are you saying all this, preacher? Because I'm saying we need Jesus. So she spent all her money on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone. She went everywhere. She took this medicine, that medicine, this, that, and the other, and she was never healed for 12 years. God, why won't you heal me? Maybe she started accepting the confession that everybody else was speaking over. Oh, girl, you just need to stay away. You ain't fit to be in this community at all. You ain't fit to be. Girl, you ain't fit. Just, you're just going to have to deal with it. Here's the deal. I don't believe that about myself, and I don't believe that about you. I don't believe that's the way God wants you. I don't believe it for a second. Oh, girl, that's just your lot for your life. No, it ain't. God didn't birth me like this to, to just sit around. I'm here to do something. I'm here to be a game changer. How about your children? How do you speak over their life? She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. She was healed immediately. And it wasn't by the garment, Pastor Jay. It was by her faith in the healing power of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness here today? Yeah. 
I'm going to ask you a question here. We're just going to get right down to it. Have you been confessing other people's thoughts? Maybe it's been Facebook. I don't want to pick on them. Maybe it's TikTok or whatever is out there. Maybe it's email or maybe it's TV. There you go, TV. We'll pick on TV. I don't like it anyways. Oh, well, here's what, here's what they said. You want me to tell you something? I don't believe a dang thing that comes off that TV anymore. I don't believe it at all. Not even a lick. Because I believe the enemy has taken over the minds of all these people that are in power. I believe that. I mean that. So can they be healed? You better believe they can be healed. By the same blood that healed you can heal them. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to invite everybody to come down here so we can pray for all those people that are in power that they would come to Jesus Christ. Come on down here. Just come down. What would it be like, Jim, if everybody was, was born again, all the politicians, everybody that was in charge? We wouldn't even recognize this world. We're going to pray for him. And then I'm going to have Mike come up here and, and, and pray for you if you have any situations. Man, I'll tell you what. This takes me back to that day of that little church in North County where my wife and my daughter was that told them about Jesus. And she got to go on that mother-daughter trip right before she passed. Man, that's important. Well, don't you want all the rest of the world to have that, that type of uh, opportunity? I do. I think everybody ought to be saved. Amen. Regardless of how much you don't care for them at all. We don't care about that. We're supposed to love these people. We ain't supposed to like them. Let's pray for them today. So, Father God, all the powers that be that are out there, that are operating in the forms of evil, we rebuke the counsel of darkness over their life. Lord, maybe, they, maybe their mom treated them bad or their dad treated them bad or their, or their party derailed them. Maybe they was raised in church. Maybe they was raised in church. And they got out there. They started pleasing people other than God. Well, we know that's a, that's a train wreck, guys. Yeah. We just pray for them. Ask God to return them back to him. Would you do that with me? Return them back to you, Lord God. They can could, they could all be redeemed, and we're believing that. And we're believing that in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you redeem the United States of America and this world, Lord. God. We're praying for all our people that are in power to come to you, saving grace, that they would take a knee and repent and turn to you. In thy name of Jesus, amen. Now, one more prayer. I'm going to ask Mike to pray this over your guys' life today before you leave. If some of you guys are here and you ain't been born again and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to turn your life over to Jesus. And if you have ailments that's going on in your life, we want to pray over that too. So just, just bow, with, uh, bow with us as we get going to the Lord in prayer, Mike. This is what Jesus looks like right here. We all have situations. We all have things going on in our life. 
Jesus wants us to turn them over to him and him only. There's only power in Jesus. And I love the scriptures that Pastor Pat preached today. I love that the Holy Spirit got him in, in, in Matthew 14. There's all, those are such powerful scriptures. But as he preached about that the garment, but anything that Jesus has or does or touches or wants to put power in, he does. But there's one thing Jesus birthed us all for, and that's to love him and turn our lives over to him and live with him forever. That's the only thing he birthed us for. And there's a lot of things he wants us to do with that. But what he wants is to touch your heart. So have you given your heart to Jesus today? If you haven't, if you're on live stream, wherever you're at, all you got to do is call out to him. Ask him to save you. Ask Jesus that I've tried it my way, Lord. I've tried for years, and I've done all these crazy things like we all have, and it's turned out to be a mess. But with you, it can all change. So, Lord, we just stand before you today. Whatever the problem we have in our lives, Lord, whatever's going on, whether it's finances, whether it's, it's relationship, whether it's children, whatever it is, Lord, job, we want to give it to you. Show us the way, Lord. If, it's, if we haven't given our heart to you yet, Lord, that's where it all starts. Everything changes once we give our heart to you. And it's so simple. It's just, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I know you laid down your life for me and for everybody, Lord. All I have to do is call out to you, confess that you are Lord and Savior, and repent of my sins, Lord. You'll come into my life and save me, Lord. Please do that. Is there anybody out there today that needs that saving grace? We all do, but have you called on the name of the Lord? If you haven't, please do today, Lord. Please do. Please do. It would be the best decision you ever make. So, Lord, we just thank you. We're going to close in prayer, Lord. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior, Lord. Thank you for these like-minded people, all these Jesus people, the Holy Spirit standing up here today, Lord, the power, Lord. Just touch our lives, whatever we need, Lord. There's power in, in a group of the Holy Spirit bound together, Lord, and a church family, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We love you. And uh, we just thank you for everything you do in our lives. And the church says, amen. Thank you, Jesus.